family series. And I'm going to be branching out some just to bring the Word of God to us. And I believe the Word of God changes people. If you look into yourself, you'll find out that just to make the littlest change is so difficult. But with the power of God, your life can be transformed. The Word of God has the power to change a man's life. And it does it by transforming your mind and transforming your heart and bringing a blessing to your heart. Father, I just ask that you speak through your word today. Holy Spirit, speak to us and encourage our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. It is difficult, it's a difficult thing to know where you're headed if you don't know your origin. It's so difficult to do. You have to know where you're coming from. We're talking about the fact that the family is God's idea. And today I want to focus on two things. Our origin and marriage. Our origin and marriage. And young people, I really want you to pay a close attention. Because this can be very helpful to you for your future. The most difficult life, in my view, is to be in a relationship that you despise. A lot of people are hurting today because they made a mistake, supposedly, or they didn't have all the tools that they needed to help them in their family. And so we want to focus on that today. The main part I want to start with is our origin. Because you cannot really understand family life until you understand our origin. Where we came from. What's the purpose? Why did God create us? What's the purpose of marriage? What's God doing? We need to understand all of these things so that we can understand family life and do it the right way. The way God wants it. So that we can receive his blessings upon our lives. When we do it his way. His blessings will fall upon us. I want us to realize this. That God, when he created the universe, when he created the world, he spoke everything into being. Just by a word of command, everything came into being. However, when it came to the creation of man, the word of command changed into a word of consultation. God had to consult with Son and Holy Spirit. So it wasn't just a word of command. This was something unique, something special. He wasn't just going to give a command. The Father spoke to the Son and to the Holy Spirit and said, Let us make man. And you can see that in uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27. It says God said, let us make man that speaking to the Father I mean speaking to the Son and the Holy Spirit. So the three were right there when God created man. It says let us, not just God the Father, but everyone is going to be involved in this. Not just speaking the word, this is important. Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. In other words, we want to create them. We just don't speak a word. We want these people, the man that we are going to create, to look just like us. To carry our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God consulted with the Godhead. We have to create man in our image. The creation of man was important because man, once he is created, was supposed to be devoted and dedicated to not just the Father alone, but to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So three of them were very involved in this. And notice what the Word of God says. 
God says the man that we are going to create, we have to give them dominion. They have to have dominion over the earth. They have to have dominion over everything that we've created on the earth. The birds, the sea, all of those things. They have to have dominion over them. But notice one thing that God didn't say they should have dominion over man. You cannot have dominion over another man. Whenever you are in a relationship and you are seeking to control the other person and have dominion over the other person, male or female, you've gone outside God's intent. And you are going to have trouble in the heart. It's not going to work. God's not there. He doesn't give you right to have dominion over another man. You can have dominion over everything, but not over another man. And if you are manipulating and doing all kinds of things to make sure you have control over the person's will, you have stepped out of God's will and stepped into witchcraft and the blessings of God will not be in your home. It's so important. So God created man. But I want to go into the specifics of the creation of man. Now, if you read in chapter 2, it tells us how God created man. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, God didn't speak man. He formed man. In other words, he was so careful. There was love involved. He took the clay and he was really careful, carefully and delicately putting the man together, that's the dust together. Do you know why? Because that same flesh, the son himself, was going to be in, in the fullness of time. So man had to be created perfectly to look just like the father. Having the same nature. And so God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were careful. What am I saying? Don't look down on yourself. I don't care what's happening in your life. God sees you to be so special. You are a special person. He knew you before the foundations of the earth. You are not ordinary. God created you and looked, like, looked at you, and you look just like the sun. So if you saw Adam, he was created in the likeness. The two words mean the same thing. The likeness and image, they mean the same thing. God was saying, they look exactly like me. So you carry the likeness of the Godhead, even though you can't see him personally. You carry that. And in the fullness of time, Jesus was to occupy that fleshly house that God gave to us. This is the honor God has placed on your life. It's great honor. That in all of the universe, no one, no being, not the angels, nothing in the whole universe, God created to be just like him. When you look down on yourself, when you allow the problems of life to put you down, and you begin to insult yourself, guess what? You are insulting what God created. You are more than what you think. And you may never know that until you allow God to breathe the breath of life into your very being. You see, man carries... Both heaven and earth in one being. He said, God formed man from the ground, from the dust. And I'd like you to notice, he didn't say God formed man from gold dust, right? God didn't form man from diamond dust. God specializes in things that foolish to man. Things that are weak. Things that are despised. Things that are base. God loves to take those things and he, when you put those things into his hands, 
He works with them. And He makes something beautiful out of it. See, God is careful about everything He does. God was careful not to create man before everything else. Man was created on the sixth day, the very last creature on the earth to be made, so that man would not take any credit for anything that was created. And he did that. See, God's so careful. And you are put together by him in such a wonderful way. So you carry both heaven because the Bible says God breathed into the man the breath of life. You know what that is? That's the Spirit of God. He is the source of life. He's the light that lights every man that comes into the world. He breathed into man the breath of life. So man had the earth, that's something taken from the earth, and then he has something from heaven. So we are, you have this door person in you. You became a living soul that can reason, can think, just like God. And then God gave dominion over. You know, when Adam sinned, we lost heaven. That's the, the, the disaster. His spirit died. The part of him that was from heaven died. Adam was not supposed to see death. Spirits don't die. But when God created them, God had both heaven and earth together in one being. And Adam was, Adam was supposed to live forever. But when he sinned against God, his spirit died, and now his flesh had to die as well. But thank God, Jesus is back. He came back, took this earthly suit, paid the price for us, so that we can have the breath of life coming to us, and we can come alive and have the same dominion that God gave to us. You are not ordinary. You know, the Bible tells us, it says, that which is from above is above all. That's why the Bible says, you must be born from above. That's the word that's translated, born again. Unless you are born from above, Jesus said you have no life in you. All you got is this earthly suit that's going down. You got really have no life in you. But when you allow your life to be born from above, then you receive the life of God and you come alive again. You have eternal life. And that's why Jesus said that, he said, you are earthly. John the Baptist said, I am of the earth and I speak of the earth. Who, who is from above, he knows all things. You can say, He is from above. He who is from above is above all. When you are born again, you have authority over the things of life. That's why Jesus said, These signs follow them that believe. Incredible signs. These signs follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That's the supernatural language that you didn't learn. learn you know. And He says, They shall lay hands on the sick. And the sick will recover. Those that believe. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18 tells us. Jesus speaking uh, through the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. Said, I, yet am I. And the children you have given to me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel. From the Lord of hosts. Who dwells in Mount Zion. That's what God as created. That's our origin. So God created us out of dust to be just like Him and we can have all the authority that God is giving to us. You have that dual nature. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what it is. Fearfully because you got both heaven and earth in one suit. So some. 139, verse 14, tells us there, it says, I will praise you, you know, I will praise you, for I am, can I hear the word I am? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are. Praise Him for that. 
Praise Him for that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not ordinary. You're not like the rest of them. God created you in a special way. You're special to Him. It don't matter what's happened in your past. You are still special to Him. When you come under Jesus and you allow Jesus to come into your heart, you are even more special to Him because you come back alive. Amen? You come back alive. Marvelous are your works, he says. Marvelous are your works. That and that my soul knows very well. Do you know that? You are a marvelous work of God. Maybe no one told you that. But that's what God says about you. God created you fearfully. In a marvelous way. You're special. That is our origin. And we need to understand that. Now I want to address the origin of marriage. You know, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Marriage is honorable among all. Marriage is honorable among all. The bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Let me let you know this. There's going to come a judgment day. Judgment day is coming. (laughs) Everybody is going to stand before God and you are going to be judged. You are going to be judged. This is so important. Your marriage (laughs) is going to be judged. How you handle your marriage. Maybe no one told you that. Bed on the fire. That's what it says here. God's going to judge those people. And this word, judgment here, is connected to marriage. That's the same verse. How you handle your marriage is very important to God. Marriage is so important to God. God, I said, marriage is God's idea. And you have to recognize that and honor it. He says marriage is honorable. And in traditional King James, he says honorable in all things. Your marriage, God honored it. I don't care what's going on in there. <laughs> Your marriage is honored by God. Take care of it. Increase the honor from God in your marriage. No matter what's going on there, honor your marriage. Because God has honored marriage. You play with it, you mess with it, and you're going to be in serious problem with it. This is so important. You see, in Genesis chapter 2, going to the origin of marriage, so you can understand how important and what God is doing. So you can position yourself for God's blessings in your life. You know, when I read that scripture, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I said, wow. So just by finding a wife brings me favor from God, I got to find one. <laughs> I got to find one. And after I got married, married I, I went back to the Lord. I said, now, God, you remember the favor you talked about? I got the wife now. I need my favor. Give me my favor. That's why I tell people, my name is good luck. The real good luck I have is my wife. (laughs) That's my good luck. Favor. Amen. Because marriage is honorable in all things. God honors marriage. The origin of marriage. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. That's what you hear, but something led to this idea. Amen? That's what you read, but something led to this idea. Remember after God created everything and created Adam, what did he say? This is very good. I like what I've done. This is marvelous. And then all of a sudden, he says, uh-uh, uh, this is not good. You okay? <laughs> it is not good that the man be alone. Let me show you why that is. It tells us from the scriptures. 
verse 19. This is the reason. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the earth and brought them to Adam to see what he will call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. You know what was happening? Adam sat down and God was bringing the animals to them. He saw uh, mama elephant and papa elephant. And he saw mama giraffe and papa giraffe. And he saw mama monkey and <laughs> daddy monkey. And he says, hey, how come they are all two? And it's just me. Amen. Just me, one, two, one, two. And he started saying, something is not right. And God was standing by, and God says, oh, I agree with you, son. <laughs> you won't be able to make it on your own. You need a woman. Amen. I believe that's why this came about. God says, I'm going to give him somebody else, just like the rest, so he feels better. Because he saw all of that, he still wasn't pleased. Well, something is missing here. Now, the next thing was what God did to bring his wife to him. <coughs> he says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed it up, and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. I started thinking something kind of funny. I thought, any man who really wants a real wife, let him allow God put him to that kind of sleep first. Okay? You're going to a deep sleep. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Husband, love your wife as Christ also loved the church. And what did he do? He gave himself. That's what Adam did to get his wife. If you are married and you don't understand that you need to let your wife be, and you're willing to give your life for your wife, you don't understand the plan of God. You're, you just don't. You just think you are. You don't. When you say, I am the head of the home, well, that's good. Are you willing to go to the cross? We want to crucify you so you can have, or put you into a deep sleep. Now, the Bible didn't say Adam went to sleep, right? He went into a deep sleep, almost death. And then the New Testament picked it up and said, you got to be willing to give your life for your wife. And men argue with their wives. They fight about different things, won't listen and all of that. If you are truly willing to give your life for your wife, why is it so hard to do dishes? You should love your wife to the point, you see, love is not what you can get. It's really what you can give. It's service. We have it backwards. I love this state because of what it gives to me. That's not what it is. When it comes to love between a husband and wife, God is saying, what are you willing to give to your wife? What sacrifice are you willing to make for your wife? Because Jesus gave that sacrifice. He made this sacrifice. He went to the cross. That's ultimate death. And then I'm looking for the next counseling session with a man. While he's complaining and she does this and then I say, but you are still alive. He says, what do you mean? I said, well, we need to put you to death first. So maybe you can understand what's going on. You're still alive. You can't complain. She may be giving you a lot of problems, but you're still alive. Or maybe you're the one giving the problems. 
because you don't understand what this is all about. If you do, if the man understands it and stands his ground to obey God, everything falls into place. If the head is sick, the whole body is going to be sick as well. It's your problem. I'm going to develop this waiting for uh, Father's Day. I'm coming to that now. <laughs> We're going to talk more about this. It's so important. That's why you are the head of the home. As Jesus is the head of the church, meaning the head is willing to lay his life down for the body. This is the beginning of marriage. This is where it starts. The man being willing to give everything to have this woman. That's what it is. Notice something here. God opened the man. He was in deep sleep. God is a perfect surgeon. And took just one rib out of the man. Well, if God really needed comfort for the man and companionship, companionship, well, why didn't you take two ribs and give two women or two people? He didn't do that. It's just one. Another question. What's so difficult for God? Why does he have to open the man up? Why didn't you get some more dust and dirt and form a woman? No, that's not the way because God created the man and the woman to be one. And even though he was going to separate them, this woman has to come from the man just like the father, the son, and the spirit. So even though they're two, they still have the nature of the father. It's so important. These are key principles to understand. God made just one woman for Adam. I don't know how many years. If Adam didn't like his wife and he wants to divorce, God didn't give him another chance for another woman. He's got to stay alone. That's God saying, this is not my idea. Divorce is not from God. Otherwise, he would have given him an option. If he doesn't work, you got this other one here. And you can run for that. I, I don't really like it when I see people preparing their heart before they get married. If it doesn't work, I'm going to get out. Your heart is evil, and God sees it, and you're going to get it, and you will be pained by it. Get your heart right before you get into marriage. Make up your mind, I'm going to marry this person. God's giving you the choice. Once you get into that relationship, no going out. Stay with it. Unless they're going to kill you, and it's obvious, then you can come out of it. It's so important. I made up my mind, if, if, if my wife and I have that much trouble, and she takes all of my stuff and says, you're getting out of the house, and put it out, when she wakes up the next day, I'm still by the door. That's my bed place. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. The real fight is how to get rid of me because I'm going to be around. If she cracks the door, I'm inside. <laughs> I'll crash it. I'm not going anywhere. Made up my mind. Amen? You, every man, you know, when you do that, you honor him. And every problem that comes into, just because you have prepared your heart and you really want to honor him, Every problem that comes in, he gets involved because he knows what's in your heart. But when you make the plan, I'm going to get out of it. If it doesn't work, you got dishonor, you're on your own. And you got to deal with the problems yourself. You, have, you will have a lot of stories to tell. This is what God did. The woman, the Bible tells us, is the weaker one. I want to look at it, not the wicked one, but the more delicate one, because the man came ruggedly from the dust. But God took this rib and fashioned it. Fashioned it. And delivered the woman to the man. That's what God wants to do. 
you know, already I'm praying for the, my, the, my children's mates in the future. I have, I have placed my order in heaven. Amen. And I'm telling the Lord, fashion them. If it's, where is that girl? I don't know where that girl is now. But begin to uh, uh, fashion them. And that guy, fashion him. Create him. Make him strong. Make him love you. I want the best for my children. And Jesus said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened unto you. Everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that asks, receives. All I have to do is ask. Everyone that asks, receives. And God cannot lie. So when I place my order, I'm going to get what I ask for. Amen. And you're going to get what you ask for. Just ask. You don't have because you didn't ask. And you asked and you were not specific enough. <laughs> Amen. Ask what you need. Amen. That's not to excuse my children from praying for themselves. <laughs> Let me put it. If dad is praying for me, I'm not going to worry. No. <laughs> You need to ask yourself. Amen? But that's what God did. In our culture today, we really need to watch what, what the enemy is doing. When God took that rib out, he could have fashioned anything. For, to, all he needed for the woman was, I mean, for the man was a companion. Notice he didn't fashion that rib to be a man. Right? He never did. A man can never become a woman for Adam's companion. It's not that way. That's abomination. That you can do what you want, but that's not his will. And there's going to be judgment day for every family. God is a family person. He loved the family. When he blessed Abraham, he said, In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God wants to bless families. And that's why I believe if you have a family, tell your husband, tell your wife, we are a family now. And God recognizes it. We are going to be blessed through Abraham, through Jesus Christ who died on the cross to make us children of Abraham. Through you, every family of the earth shall be blessed. This is the family, God. This is, we are a family. Come on, God. We need the blessing. But when you do it outside God's will, you cannot have the blessing. God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. That's what the Bible tells us. We need to recognize that. We recognize that. You see, the Bible says, let's hand John hand together. A sinner will not go unpunished. In other words, let the whole United States come on one side and say, we have decided this is what's right for us. If it's sin, God's going to judge it. That's what the word comes. One with God is a majority. God is not a politician. He's not seeking for a re-election. So he tells you, you better listen. The purpose for marriage, you'll find this in, in Malachi chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. It says, yet you say that you are saying, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and your wife, and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion. You see, it goes back to what is said in Genesis. Your wife is your companion. Your husband is your companion. When you deal with them in a way that is offensive to God, God's fighting. He was fighting with the people in Malachi. And they are making excuses. What's the matter, God? We're okay. And he says, I see what's going on in your home. I see what you're doing to your wife. I see what you're doing to your husband. 
I see what you're doing, how you're insulting your wife, saying things that you shouldn't say to your wife. He says, you, you, you're acting really bad. And if your prayers are not going, I hinder. And I'm bringing judgment. You can't do those things. The woman is delicate, not weak. Because God fashioned her that way. And they are in touch, you know, women feel. That's the way God, because God was, it was there, you know, forming them. Women can feel. I rely on my wife. She can discern things. If you're a smart man, think about your wife. Ask questions. They'll give you a little, uh, some wisdom. So important. You are being treacherous, it says. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Your wife is by covenant. This is what God designed. But did he not make them one? Again, we go back. God made them one, having a remnant of the Spirit. And why one? He seeks godly offspring. The reason why your marriage is there together, God is seeking godly offspring. Remember what it says? Be blessed and be multiplied. Be fruitful and be multiplied. Why? They look like God. God says, I want more of me all over the world. Now there is none. As a Christian, make sure you are focused on having godly seed. That's the way blessings will come into your heart. And God fights you when you're doing things in the home between a husband and the wife. He's affecting the kids. That's what he's saying. Your bickering and your fighting and all of that, that's affecting the kids. God says, I seek godly offspring. That's what God is seeking for. Therefore, take heed to yourself and let not deal treacherously with his, uh, the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says he hates divorce, for it is for it covers one's garment with violence. Says the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit. That you do not deal treacherously. Now, think about the word covers your garment with violence. <laughs> so many kids have suffered because selfish people made the wrong decision just to separate. We see that every day. No matter what you say, when there is divorce, the kids pay a price, a serious price. There's violence in that home, and everybody suffers. It's just the way it is. God hates divorce, not because he doesn't want you to have fun. You can go your separate way. It's what he does to you that he created in his image and to your children. Now, God has the ability to restore. But you have to put your hand in his hand. You have to put your hand in his hand. Today, you can put your hand in his hand. Lord, I made a mistake. Now I realize it. I need restoration. I need you to restore me back. I have a new family. I want the joy of the Lord. If you do that, he'll hear from heaven and he's able to heal. And to heal your children as well. Very important. Very important. One thing that I need to let you know is this. Dating is not scriptural. Cultural. You decide what you're going to do. I don't fight the culture, but I'm just telling you, based on God's word, dating is cultural. It's not scriptural. That doesn't say you can't date. It's just not scriptural. God's not going to fight you. I would rather do it God's way. Read the scripture. It says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 22, it says, Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman, and what? He brought the woman to the man. 
right? He made, he, Adam was asleep when God created Eve. Deep sleep. And when God finished the creation, the fashioning of the woman, he himself took the woman by hand and brought the woman to a husband. Notice God didn't say anything to Adam. He just told her Eve. And Adam says, now, this bone, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. The word now is an emotional word. It's not just the way you read, Adam says, now this. No. Adam saw the woman and said, oh my, wow. Wow. That was the first sight of, wow. wow. God, who do you have with you? And he goes, now. I, I got it made. This is it. This is, this is what I've been looking for. That's what he means. Now. And he pointed to the woman. He had revelation right away. <laughs> he has serious revelation. Serious one. This is now bone of my flesh of my flesh. But the thing is, God was the one that took her and brought her to him. You can date. But ask God, please fashion that woman. Amen? And bring her to me. So when I take one look and I say, hmm, that's it. I got inspirations here. That's it. Amen? I'm going for it. I won't tell this my story. But when I looked at my wife's picture from Nigeria, I told my, myself, this is it. I'm going home. <laughs> this is it. I'm going home. Yeah, the ticket is about $1,500. That doesn't matter. I'm going home. I'm going home. I never, never dated much at all. I, I didn't understand the word date. I didn't know about Christian having boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, if you attended the uh, meeting that I was attending, and we had a Bible study, every time when I realized I needed to get married, um, the bones were getting old, excuse me. And I, I, I told my friends, uh, they'll put, they actually sit me in the middle of their room during Bible study. I only had one prayer request. I need a wife. That's all I was telling I need a wife. The next uh, Friday, prayer meeting, good luck you have. Any prayer request? Yes. I need a wife. <laughs> and, 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 and these brothers were good. They would lay their hands over me. They would anoint me with oil. And they would be crying out to the Father, give him a wife. And in this prayer meeting, we had the girls as well. Other girls. But I needed my rib back. <laughs> I need a wife. And that's when this one fellow said, I'm not going to get into your trouble, but there is a God. He has a testimony just like your testimony. Um, and uh, I think maybe you guys can be together. And I said, well, yeah. He said, I'm not going to bother you. You can do whatever. I called Angela. We talked on the phone. I don't know, maybe after six months or a year, I didn't even know what she looked like. That's the truth. I didn't have any clue as to what she looked like. We just talked on the phone. And we connected spiritually. We talked about all kinds of scripture. Paul, John. And we were very spiritual. <laughs> we talked about all scriptural things. And then one day, I, I don't know who started it. We said, I've been talking to you for months. I don't even know what you look like. So I said, Okay. That's okay. I'll send my picture. The, the kids were looking at the picture I sent last night. <laughs> I sent my picture to Angela, and uh, she sent a picture. My God, there first. You know, it's coming from the United States of America. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
She got it, and she discussed it with me, how I looked, and they laughed at me last night also. As they were looking at the picture in my home, I really wanted to go back to my room. And then Angela sent a picture, you know, and didn't put, uh, Angela, can I tell her a secret? (laughs) She didn't put a return address. Now, when I go as a student, when you go to the mailbox, you get all these mails. Most of them are junk mail, right? And I, I didn't like the junk mail. Now, if it's a letter from the U.S., that was a good mail. But if it's a letter from Nigeria, that was, pardon my English, that was a good mail. <laughs> you guys didn't get it. A real good mail. And then I, I, this was a letter from Nigeria, and I was excited. I got a letter from Nigeria. No, no return address. And no name there. So I didn't know who the letter was from. So I quickly, I felt it. I said, somebody sent me a picture. And we had been talking for a while. So I I, I opened that thing. And this lady was looking at me. I said, wow. Where did I meet this guy? Who is this? Why is he sending me a picture? I'd forgotten where because we had been talking about my picture for a while. I had totally forgotten. And I said, uh, what's this? I've never met a girl like this before. So I read, I went to the bottom, and I saw Angela. And he said, Angela, Angela, Angela. I said, ooh, that's the Angela I've been talking to. I'm going home. I'm going home. (laughs) That's how we got married. Amen. (coughs) You have to put... You have to trust God as you find him out. You can do what you want, but let God help you. Amen? Put your hand just like Eve did. She put her hand, everything in God's hand, and you lead me. Amen? That's the picture. You lead me to the man. And the man was waiting. And as soon as you see the picture, you yell, Wow, now this is, I didn't do that, but uh, that's the way I felt. Bone of my bone, you know. And all of that. And that's what God wants. Young people pray and let God lead you. And you have the best. If you've done it in the past, there you feel there is never a mistake. He knew from the beginning. You ask him, I need your spirit in my family. Amen. So today, stand up with me. I will need you all bow your head here. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are really not fully complete the way God intended you to be, <coughs> excuse me, as a man. You need to be completed by God. And that takes just by saying, God, I need you in my life. Everybody needs God. Don't be too proud and say, I don't need God in my life. I need God in my life. God wants to be a part of your life. He created you and loves you greatly. Don't push him out of your life. Welcome him into your life and let him start walking with you. He created you for a purpose. There is a reason. Find that reason. When God's done it, it's always good. And the heartaches and the problems are taken out of the way. Amen. All heads bow this morning. You say, I need Jesus in my life. I really need Jesus in my life. Why don't you put your hand up quickly and put it right down. Quickly, right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone? I believe we still have some people here. You need to give your life over to Jesus. I did. I'm still doing it. You need to give your life over to Jesus. Can I see your hand up? Say, Pastor, pray for me. Just put your hand up. Don't be bashful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so good. When you make that kind of commitment to the Lord, He saw your hand today. Heaven saw that hand go up. And the angels have noted what's happened today. You can be a part of God. I need this whole congregation, especially those that raise their head. Pray with me. Let Jesus come into your heart according to the scriptures. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. 
If any man hears my voice and they open, he says, I will come in. Jesus wants to come into your heart today. Everybody, please pray with me as we invite Jesus into our life, especially those that raise their hands. Because Jesus will come right in. He's been out there wanting to come in. And now you're speaking it. Even if you didn't raise your hand, God will hear your prayer if you pray sincerely from your heart and He will come into your life and your life will be changed. Can ever, let everyone join me in prayer. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into our world, taking on flesh and for dying for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for me I receive that sacrifice that you made for me God thank you for sending Jesus Jesus I receive you into my life right now come into my heart write my name in your book of life thank you Lord Father, I believe right now, based on your word, that I am a child of God and that my name is written in your book. And if I die today, I know I will open my eyes on the other side before your presence. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give God a clap offering? Every one of you that made that prayer and you said it from your heart, you are now a child of God. There is no demon that can dispute that. You are truly a child of God. If you said that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you will go to heaven. You're not perfect, but you're starting to work. You're like a child starting. Some of us will need to be in Sunday school where you can be taught the word of God. The Bible tells us, 1 Peter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word so you may grow. You need to grow. Come 9.30, be in Sunday school so you can be taught. Now, I believe that God heals. You see, when God opened that Adam's side, he closed it back up. You don't get any scar when God does this. He is the perfect surgeon. No matter what you have, God wants to heal you. So I'm going to ask our prayer partners to please come up here. Whatever your need is, God wants to meet your need this morning. God is a prayer answering God. God is going to answer your prayer. If you have any problem this morning, God wants to answer your prayer. Let somebody agree with you. If two shall agree concerning anything, God said God's going to do it. If you have needs, can you just come? As we please come up.